0: This is the Answer Podcast, a place where we have conversations about progressive development, progressive solutions, and progressive innovations happening in the world today as we know it, especially those involving Africa. Today we were blessed to have our very first interview with a man who is not afraid to get his hands dirty, a man who is not afraid to get his feet wet. A man who is not afraid to go the extra mile in order to produce captivating, compelling stories about humanity, about society. And so without any further ado, I give to you a special gift full of gems. Enjoy. All right, hello, world. How you doing today? Welcome to the Ansa Podcast. And I'm your host, Tony Ansa. Today, we have the pleasure of interviewing a man by the name of Ron Cronson. Today, our special guest is Ron Cronson, and um,
1: how you doing today, sir? Good, Tony. Good. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be uh, be invited to your, your podcast.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Thanks for the opportunity, as always. Um, just a little tidbit, Ron is... Uh, A business coach of mine, uh, a business mentor of mine. He's helped me craft and shape some of my uh, latest business ventures and projects. And uh, I salute him for that because uh, sometimes you need a second opinion. You need that advice to kind of shape and mold what you're doing business-wise as an entrepreneur. And... uh, He's he's given me you know ample amount of support throughout the months, um, and I think it's been over a year now uh, that we've uh, worked on different projects. Yeah, sound flies. I'm telling you. <laughs> so um, yeah, so you know, tell us a little bit about your your upbringing uh, in Rhode Island and what have you.
1: Cool. Well, um, for, first of all. It's a pleasure to be along on the journey that you have. Uh, you've got such a great sense of vision and, and a lot of great ideas. And it really comes from the heart, your your willingness and, and uh, desire to help others. And um, I, I love being involved in projects like that. So, uh, you know, so excited again to be along on your journey. Um, I grew up in Providence, Rhode Island, and, you know, just always had a love for you know, the arts and sciences and uh, businesses and, uh, you know, went away to college, uh, went to Pennsylvania for uh, for my undergrad, uh, graduated in finance, but I started out as an electrical engineer. Uh, thought I was going to be a, Interesting. thought I was going to go into space and um, so I definitely have a love for that. But I, I put aside the arts and uh, that was really a, an eye-opening experience after I got out of college, because many experiences that I had always kept me around, you know, the arts and the creative side of things. And and in in business, I find all of those useful. I find that um, there are moments where, you know, that creative side is really flowing, and, yeah. you know, and, and you're starting to create things, but then you also need that, uh, you know, that financial... You know, peace to come in because yeah. you know without the money, <laughs> and then yeah, it can uh, be a struggle. It, it can be, and and I also find that technical side is uh, is important as well, and providing some structure and things of that nature. So I find myself floating back and forth between uh, you know those three uh, really uh, foundational things that, as a child, as a kid, I, I found it exciting, and then uh, for about. Um, about 20 years, uh, when I first got out, I, I went into banking, and um, it, it was a good experience. I really had a, uh, a great foundation about the different aspects of banking, but I, I felt very frustrated because it felt in retail banking that I could not really assist those who really I felt needed a, a, a leg up. And um, so to speak, but I could really, you know, if you were a doctor or a lawyer or a successful business person, so I, you know, and you were looking to shave a a percentage point off of your mortgage, I could, I could do something for you. But you know, the individuals coming in that was struggling, I I really couldn't help. And that was very frustrating for me. So I didn't stay in banking that long. I went on to run a family business at at the time. My um, father was in the insurance industry. Okay. He had previously um, had a a stint, short stint in construction. I remember we built one house. Uh, I was there with him on the construction site as a kid. And then the the housing market tanked. And so it was after that. My dad's a very enterprising individual. And he found himself in the insurance industry. And when I joined the firm, uh, I was pretty much managing... A, it was kind of an employee relationship, still at the time, it was all state insurance. Okay. And over time, um, the contract, uh, they started offering independent contractor uh, relationships, and my father jumped at the chance to, you know, because it was owning his own business. So I found myself managing uh, then his own company. And in 1999, I went, uh, became my own agent, so came back and started running his agency alongside mine, running uh-huh. two different. You know, yeah, it was a very interesting time. You're, you're, you're running two companies towards two different goals in terms of mm-hmm. targets because you know the state yeah. has sets expectations and uh-huh. and each company had to meet those and and but it was an, a great experience because it was during that time period where I met a lot of wonderful individuals in terms of networking that some of whom i have relied upon in my current role to uh, come in and work with some of our entrepreneurs and i always found during that time period whenever someone needed my help i just you know i I just showed up and 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 i found other individuals that were very much that same um, in the same friend of mine and so I feel it's really beneficial. I'm very much about you know rising tides lift all ships. That's what I love about wow. working with you because you're you're of that mindset.
0: Likewise, yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's a little bit about, about my journey. I um, when my father was looking at retiring, uh, I was looking at continuing my agency, just finding a buyer for his agency and then relocating mine. But the buyer came in and um, offered me a buyout, and wow. you know at that point in time, I said sure. I'll uh, do that. And, and at the time, I used to always, if anybody needed some help with maybe they were looking at a different uh, direction in their career or business, I would, um, over a cup of coffee, just say, hey, let's, let's sit down and let's talk about it. Uh, so I went into consulting. Okay. And this organization, I used to help out behind the scenes um, as a volunteer. Uh, I, I loved the mission um, and about... Just about just under two years ago when the uh, former executive director took a professorship down in Georgia I uh, the board asked me to step in and um, so I've been doing this uh, since that time
0: nice nice I mean I'm, I'm glad that we were able to connect you know during that period of, of your life you know as far as the whole business consulting you know business strategist and um, And so, you know, I'm thankful for, you know, Urban Ventures. To be honest with you, I I wish I had actually met Urban Ventures earlier than I did. um, Because, you know, in the early stages of entrepreneurship, you're bound to slip and fall, you're bound to make errors, make mistakes. And sometimes you need. a second look or another eye, another ear to kind of uh, point you in the right direction, especially those that have experience in that realm. And so, you know, even for me, I, I, I tend to advise others to seek, you know, guidance from those that have already done it, so, you know, whether you want that to be your mentor or just, you know, somebody to, you know, Give you some assistance along the way because um, it can help to alleviate um, a lot of those um, unnecessary moves or decisions you're gonna make. And so, you know, when it comes to business, you're gonna have times where you're gonna have to pivot, you're gonna have to reiterate things, you know, make amendments. Um, But at least if you have um, that support base, Um, it kind of makes it an easier, smoother process overall. And so...
1: Definitely.
0: um, So now I want to kind of dive in a little bit more into your entrepreneur spirit. You know, where does that actually come from? If you could kind of explain to us.
1: Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. I... I just, uh, as I said before, you know, coming from the arts and, and you know, having that creative spirit, um, just I, f- I find I, I have a natural curiosity in okay. a lot of different things. I, uh, and, I, and I enjoy helping others. And when you look at some of the early individuals that I you know, would follow, uh, Richard Branson, Okay. A very creative mind. Right. Um, you know, hundreds of companies under his Virgin Group. Um, uh-huh. But the setup and the way in which the company's structure it is, is unlike virtually most companies in the world, yet it's extremely successful. Oh, yeah. And it is very much a model where people are given chances. They're, they're handed... Uh, opportunities that in most companies they would never have been given those chances. And they, you know, some grab the mantle and run with it and and it flourishes. And I have a natural curiosity what what makes that company successful versus another. Um, Mm -hmm. Early on I used to um, watch these infomercials, uh, Tony Robbins, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, years ago. And I used to watch the uh, these infomercials, and, and I I didn't realize it, but my father had ordered the the tape set, you know. And I'm sitting there, and I didn't have the money at the time because I was a, you know it was a youngster, uh-huh. and um, and I just loved watch, watching the uh, infomercials, and uh, you know, and how he talked about personal power and things, and uh, then one day, I, you know, I just happened to discover that. Uh, the personal power set was downstairs <laughs> and so yes. well, my father had a habit of uh, ordering things and sometimes you know because he was so busy he, he never got to them so um you know I asked him if I could you know crack open the uh, cassette they were they were actual cassettes at the time they weren't even the DVDs back in the day, back, right. back, back <laughs> in the day. and um, so I I just devoured those and um, you know and then when you start looking at um just great filmmakers and storytelling and things. you know I have this love for uh, I, I believe you know discover powerful stories, tell them beautifully and change mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. And we all have stories within us and I think that's part of where my entrepreneurial side comes from is okay. is really trying to discover those stories and and tell them. And as an entrepreneur, I think that's what you're doing you know. Whether it's through your product, your service, or you're helping others, um, or you're putting something out there. Um, And, you know, one of the biggest challenges I think entrepreneurs have is really, you know, how to get your story out there. Before it was, you know, getting yourself into the medium that the world could actually have a chance of seeing you. And that right, right. that medium was so regulated, right? It was, you know, the radio or T V or you know, newspapers. Yeah, a lot um, of gatekeepers. A lot of gatekeepers. Yeah. Now the gatekeepers are, you know, few and far between. I mm-hmm. mean, you can get yourself on social media. Now the challenge is there's so much, it's so easy. Now it's how do you how do you get yourself to stand out? and not get drowned out yeah, by Yeah, because the, the market
0: with. is so saturated, so you, you have to find a way to distinguish yourself from the rest, which can be a big, big challenge. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And I know you you had uh, kind of a, a view into that world with your online. When we first met, you had a business-to-business online platform that you had right. uh, constructed to try and help entrepreneurs kind of bridge that divide, yes, right? Yes,
0: yes. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was you know it was a, it was a space and a platform for you know different entrepreneurs of African descent to kind of exchange information, exchange resources, uh, promote their product and services, um, so the, you know the typical B to B or business to um, business, and also to you know network, um, possibly you know. Um, partner with each other, collaborate with each other, just kind of an opportunity for for different type of, um, different type of business models to kind of do an exchange with each other where it's not necessarily only about your business per se, but what other people are doing and how you could potentially complement each other in, in some shape, form, or fashion. And so, um, so you, know, you know, there was a lot of um, problems that I found within that, which, you know, more or less led me to um, notice nonprofits needed a lot of assistance as far as, you know, finance is concerned. And so, you know, it led me to build online Donation platform uh, for uh, NGOs in Ghana. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, you're familiar with that as well, because you we collaborated on that, and um, you definitely uh, assisted me in the process of, of launching that, and I'm thankful. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: as I said, I'm you know, I'm just so happy to be along for the journey, and uh, you know, the genesis of Africa, Anti Africa, donate is very interesting because when we first met it was not on the table. Right. You know it was uh, you know you had the business to business platform going uh, you had just a love for helping um, nonprofits right. and a desire to to, to enhance that and, uh, and and also you know looking at the overall you know, funding, financial piece, how do you, how do you assist that? And it's nice to see how that's all come together. And it's kind of, uh, you know, melded itself into, you know, what is, what is Ansah Africa donate? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, um, I have five key questions that kind of tap into, you know, personal development that I would like to ask you and get some feedback on or your input, just to kind of see how you arrived at the destination you are today as far as you know, business ownership, as far as entrepreneurship is concerned. And so, my first question is, um, what would you do every day without expecting anything significant in return, such as money? So what is that one thing you would do, regardless of whether money was on the table or not, or money was involved?
1: Wow. Um, it's interesting. I think telling stories.
0: So storytelling. Yeah. Okay. Storytelling,
1: discovering the stories, telling, you know, um, trying to tell them and, and um, hopefully seeing an impact that it has on, on those around you. Okay. And you know, and that, those are stories within, as well as um, stories of others. Uh, I, I find it very, very interesting. You know, it's interesting when I sit down with individuals. I find that people share some aspects that I wasn't really expecting. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and and I, and I have to think. You know, I, I it's it's funny. I try and think. You know, does it happen? Does this happen to everybody? You know uh, resist it because you know there are some really interesting stories and I'll give you a quick example um, a couple of years ago I started uh, a podcast so I'm excited to see you do this uh, because it was interesting I I did two series and then I was asked to kind of step into this role and I uh, as executive director here and I haven't gotten back to it I want to so I'm I'm really glad you're doing this and it was really a the, the premise of the, the podcast was I feel like in my life I've been blessed to have um, others that have kind of crossed paths, crossed my path and I've had a chance to sit down with them and over a series of, of conversations, sometimes you know, one um, sometimes many, mm-hmm. to be able to hear these like really jewels yeah. um, of wisdom and experiences and things and and I wanted to, um, and, I, and I always, when I was in that, I was like, wow, you know, this should be shared with the world. And yeah. so the first two individuals that I interviewed, one was the former executive director of, of Urban Ventures. And J. uh is a very humble individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had gone through a process of raising over a million dollars for his uh, venture that he had done, it was a complete, um, complete complete redesign of the interior of a police cruiser okay. and uh, he was born in Cameroon um, studied design uh, here at RISD in the graduate level, okay. uh, spent some time over in South Korea I believe it was, um, mm-hmm. very creative mind and during a project here at RISD he um, had looked at and noticed the problem within um, the whole police cruiser. And he looked at it from a public safety standpoint, both for the uh, police officer, but also for the, pol- for, for the uh, community okay. that the police officers were serving. Um, and, you know, he sought to address that to make it a safer environment for everyone. And um, but he found, you know, he found that the traditional doors of financing for these creative projects. I mean, he got he got picked up by CNN in terms of uh, notoriety about this project. Um, yeah. You know, he had um, he had police forces around the country that were um, you know inquiring about what it was he was doing. And yet, he couldn't find, he couldn't get the doors of the traditional funding um, sources here in Rhode Island to open up for him. Wow, that's tough. Yeah, it it really Mm -hmm. was. So he he hit the pavement, and and he raised a million dollars to (laughs) keep the project going. Yeah, it (laughs) was. And the way in which he did it, it wasn't through traditional large amounts. Um, And when he told me that, he also I found out that he really hasn't, really hasn't shared that story with many people
0: <laughs> interesting and I said you know yeah. you
1: need to you need to because I think it's inspiring for individuals oh, yeah, who yeah. feel like you know Definitely. I I'm, access to capital is shut off I you know I can't I can't uh, get any doors to open uh-huh. for me um, so he agreed to do a podcast in which we talked and spent most of the nice. time talking about his experience on that another young lady, um, have known for many years. Uh, she grew up in Colombia, and okay. she recounts the stories of you know as, as a child, her grandmother used to, when someone wasn't feeling well, would tell her to go out into the yard and tell her what to pick, mm. and she'd bring it back, and her grandmother would, would assemble, you know, something for the person, and um, and the person got better. And um, Sandra Sandra Giraldo, who uh, eventually founded uh, Enjoyful Foods. Okay. And um, she, had, she had her own health issues growing up. And doctors couldn't figure it out in Colombia. And then she came here to the United States. And she just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Until finally she relied on, you know, what she the experience with her grandmother. Mm. And she said, you know, I'm going to heal myself. I'm, gonna, I'm going to, uh, through the foods I eat, and what I put in my body, I am going to heal myself. And she did. Um, she actually wow. cut herself off of pretty much most of the medications. Actually, all of the medications from time to time. Nice. Uh, it becomes a challenge. But, um, but she now has a mission to help others do the same. And she founded Joyful Foods to uh, help do that very thing. And um, so, you know, she came on and, and told her story about that.
0: Great, 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 great. Storytelling. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with that as a writer and author, so it's good that you mm. know capture the moment and highlight it in such a way where it's compelling to to the public. It's you know, compelling to the audience. The yeah, masters. congratulations on, on your storytelling <laughs> has been has been noticed. Oh yeah. yeah, um, yeah,
1: yeah. I am so amazed when you tell me that you know in that it's only been what, six to eight months or so since you started putting yeah. your yeah, articles right. out yeah, there?
0: Yeah, since um yeah, about eight months, roughly. Yeah.
1: So, and and you're getting noticed. I mean, uh, publications in you know from France and Canada and uh, SDG, uh, found, you know, which is funded by the uh, Ford Foundation and the United right. Nations and right. um, you know I've these organizations. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, the great thing is is you're putting out your work and people are noticing it because they're they're right. relating to it because right. it's real. You yeah. know, it's real.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it all aligns with, with my purpose and mission in life. And so I've been able to connect those dots, and other people have noticed it and, and have showed support throughout these few months. And so, I mean, I look forward to more opportunities. Um, all right, so my, my next question is, uh, what are you strongly passionate about and Why? What's a passion of yours?
1: Wow. You know, again, it goes back to the stories, the life stories and experiences that we have. Um, When we we share those with each other, Mm -hmm. it's kind of this, again, rising tides lifts all Uh ships, right? Uh You can be successful, but if you... You know, if there's no one around there to celebrate with you, if, if everybody else around you isn't doing well, um, you know, have it, have you really achieved the victory? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it is about the collective. Uh, it's, it's about, you know, yourself going out and, and achieving. But at the same time, it's also about the legacy that you leave behind mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. the work that you have done, mm-hmm. you know, with those around you. Um you know, I, I think it's very easy to be selfish. Um, yeah. But it's it's sometimes very... In,
0: especially in the, in the capitalistic world. <laughs> yeah, in the, in the
1: capitalistic world. But, you know, I think there's a tremendous opportunity for us to really do great good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do great good. And um, so, yeah. So when, when you're able to help someone uncover their story mm. that they don't see... You know, I've been very fortunate over my... Lifetime to meet a lot of individuals that you know given some nuggets and one in particular a friend of mine told me You know Ron, it's it's hard to read the label from inside the bottle mm. You know, and that's always stuck with me. I, I, he didn't create it. Uh, I forget who did But um, yeah, that's deep that really that is deep <laughs> but, but it is we're yeah. so close to it, right? Yeah. It's like when you um, you know coaches need coaches yeah you know yeah, yeah um i I wish sometimes I had a chance to sit down with individuals mm-hmm. and uh, and get coached um and because I feel like that when when others have the opportunity to kind of help you see that label from a different perspective yeah, yeah. it uh it's eye opening yeah. yeah but it is about stories yeah
0: okay okay alright so uh what is run, uh, one strength you have and then what is one weakness that you have
1: well let me start with the weakness um i have a weakness for saying no mm. i have a weakness for um taking on too much
0: yeah that's that's a big challenge of mine as well yeah <laughs> yeah
1: i and and it's and it bothers me. It, re- it really does bother me. Because every time I drop a ball or something like that, it doesn't matter that I'm trying, you know, hey, I'm trying to... No, it, it, you dropped a ball. Right, <laughs> you <know>? right. <laughs> um, you know, a really good... I met an individual several years ago, Carlos Toro. Uh, Carlos is doing tremendous. When I met Carlos, uh, he had just moved back from New York City. He was uh, very humble, uh, but, but has a sense of direction. Yeah. And um, Carlos... Um, when we met, I, I was actually at the time uh, running an exploratory committee for an individual who, a good friend of mine, who was considering a run for, for office and uh, Carlos uh, and he were in the same fraternity okay. uh, and Carlos was designing some cards for him at the time and, um, you know, he had asked me to reach out to Carlos to talk to him about, um, you know, the, the project. And just in that meeting, I, I got Carlos. I, I understood, like, there's this, like, Carlos isn't just a graphic designer. I mean, this guy has, has tremendous vision and stuff. And, and from there, we partnered up on a project, uh, which is film, that, which, which is actually, a, you know, within storytelling, that's a major passion of mine, is, is telling stories through film. Okay. So, um, we coordinated on that. Ultimately, um, the candidate decided not to uh, pursue the office. -hmm. And I have a tendency to always ask, you know, you know, thanks for coming in and volunteering your time and getting involved in the project, but, you know, what do you, what do you hope to get out of it? Okay. Uh, You know, it's that win-win, right? Yeah. yeah. uh, Thanks for coming in and helping us out. How can we help you out? Yeah, Yeah, And so Carlos, at the time, was interested in just kind of, kind of being a fly on the wall with larger campaigns and things of that nature. He was very. He was very talented, but very humble in his place of where he was in terms of kind of coming up and um, and the interesting thing was from that, introductions started happening okay uh, because of his commitment and his talent, the doors started opening, but when those doors were open, you know, it was just like he people got him <laughs> and he just now He is just finishing up a film for NASA. Um, He has done several episodes on Shark Week uh, for Shark Week, uh, National Geographic. Um, He has, you know, uh, won several awards uh, internationally Hmm. and things. And and we're talking a short amount of time. We're we're talking about seven years, uh, roughly about seven year period. That's inspiring. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So there are tremendous inspiring stories to be told, and uh, his is one.
0: Cool, cool. So, so what of uh, your strength? We didn't, we didn't touch on that.
1: Uh, My strength, Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, I think it almost feels like an accident. So I don't, I don't. I want to describe it as a strength, but I'm kind of reluctant. Uh, But there seems to be a moment in. Conversations that I have with individuals where there's this moment where I'm like, okay, one second, can you back up? Can you, <laughs> you know? And I don't know if it's a strength that I recognize that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, there, there seems to, and, and it's a beautiful moment because it's a moment where the person just doesn't recognize mm-hmm. like this shining, like, and for me, it's like this glaring flashing, oh, right. <laughs> you know, light. <laughs> um, if I could tell a story, uh, a good friend of mine, um, we were sitting down and she had spent time in uh, Hollywood and she had done some, um, some films and had decided, you know, settled down, got married. Um, her husband was from here. Uh, she settled down here, raised a family and was now looking to get back into um, kind of getting out there and, and now was doing it from a producing standpoint she had done it from a, a stunt you know position originally
0: okay.
1: and she had worked on some significant significant projects I mean she did uh, she worked on bodyguard uh, with Whitney Houston she worked on um, a, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger film um, she had done a Prince video um, oh you know, and so now she's gone through raising a family and is now looking to get back into uh, the film industry through producing. And she comes to me because she says, you know, Ron, and by the way, I I was then involved in the Providence Latin American Film Festival as I still am right now as the uh, volunteer executive director. And um, she said, Ron, why are, um, how come people aren't reaching out to me? As a woman of color, You know, Mm. why aren't people you know asking me to speak? I would love to. Yeah. And so we sat down, and I said, you know, you know, tell me your story, tell tell me more about it. So there might be something I don't know. And she starts telling me the story, and at at one point in time, I said, Well, wait a minute, Barbara. um, Her name is Barbara Leal Monte. I said, Barbara, do you realize what you're telling me? You're you're telling me that, you know, you're the first. Um, you're the first Latina stunt woman in Hollywood history. Wow. And she looks at me and she goes, "No, no way you know And, and she, she was serious. She's like, no, you know you got it wrong. Yeah. So I backed her up. I said, "Wait a minute, you told me this. Is this correct? Yes. How about this? Yes, this, Yes. Well, that means you're the first Hollywood stunt woman in <laughs> <Latino> <laughs> Latina Amazing. stunt woman in Hollywood history. And she starts going, nah, there's no... And then she goes, wait a minute. And she, and she Googles this person who, who was coming in after her. And, and this person was Latina because they were really... Um, you know, she remembered that moment. Uh-huh. And the per- she goes to that person's page and that person was, was promoting herself as the first Latina <laughs> <moment> in history. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, wait a minute, she came in after me. Anyway, how do so she went from not knowing to, you know, saying no way uh-huh. to, wait a minute, how do we, so how do we deal with this? How do we, how do we correct the story? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, you know, so, but, but it's interesting. There yeah. always seems to be a moment in time when yeah. that happens. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes yeah. you, you just don't
0: realize some of the accomplishments you've made that, you know, stand out amongst the rest yeah. and that's unique in itself yeah it really is yeah Um, I so my next question is do you believe in accountability
1: you have to have accountability Uh, I I don't think that's probably I should put that uh, (laughs) might be a weakness right there as I sit here Um, yeah I I could do a much much better job with that because sometimes you just want to do so much and you know I look at those who are extremely disciplined and they Mm -hmm. You practice their craft and they practice, you know, constantly. And um, accountability is extremely important in achieving what you need to achieve. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in some ways, I find I I work seven days a week and I find it hard to turn it off. Yeah. Because when you're encountering individuals... And you're listening to a story and you can help or you can do, you know, it's hard for me to say, well, no, this is a Sunday. Let's, uh, (laughs) yeah, no, I can't, I can't, I can't work on this. I can't help out today. Let's, let's do it tomorrow. And um, although I think at times I need to carve out more of those moments where you can kind of take yourself away and you can uh, recharge and things of that nature. But I just find so much, there's, there's so much going on right now that in this in this moment but yes accountability is extreme for anybody listening here, you know uh, don't listen to what I do Um, (laughs) I think I think it's extremely important when you're passionate that you um, you do assess and I do I I sit down I look at where where I am uh, where I wanted to be Uh Um, I look at the uh, setting the goals and Achieving, you know, creating achievable goals along the way, and then, you know, actually, um, you know, holding yourself to how much of this have you have you really achieved? Um, I find, and I think, I feel that I could do a lot more mm. if if I were able to you know, be a lot more accountable to myself. But I just, right now, I'm just having so much fun. Just, I'll give you an example. I'm sitting on several boards, and I don't say that from the standpoint of, like, I'm sitting on a lot of these boards. But I'm sitting on these boards that are really interesting. You know, um, one that I recently got on because of another board that I'm sitting on. Um, one is the Southside Cultural Center here in Rhode Island. Uh, it's um occupying a space that is um, owned by the Trinity United Methodist Church um, and they lease that space to our organization. Okay. And the mission that we have is really to get out into the community and work with artists and give them a space that they can create and in an area that's underserved. Mm. Very much like this organization, which our mission is to work with entrepreneurs in underserved communities throughout Rhode Island. Yeah. Well, the executive director on the so, um, Southside Cultural Board is also a volunteer executive director on a organization that is working with another it happens to be a church that owns a cemetery right across the street. And this is within the neighborhood that I grew up in. And I've always driven by the cemetery and things. And it's kind of over time been uh, in need of care. And so this is a nonprofit organization that is positioning itself to work with a church that owns that, that doesn't really have the means at this point in time to really give it the care, the TLC that it needs. Mm -hmm. And so as an organization, we're, we're trying to figure out, how do we come in? Right. And work within that space yeah. to be able to help the community, give it a nice uh, to work with this gem that's uh-huh. in the in the center. Uh, two streets, two major streets, come together at that nexus. It's a, it's triangular in shape, okay. and so you know working working on that. And um, it seems like whenever someone says, "Hey, can you help? Can you help out?" I say yes, um, but I don't really ever regret it
0: because is.
1: <laughs> Because you're you're meeting such great individuals, Uh and the missions just seem to be really Uh nice. And and if you're able to at least sit in a meeting and, you know, help read that label for them, Uh Uh you know, it seems like an easy thing to do. So why not? Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's good to kind of share your perspective, your point of view on things, because, I mean, we... We don't all think alike, although we may have you know s- a similar mentality. Mm-hmm. But there's still something within that that's a tad bit different than the rest. Yeah. And so it's good to you know be able to have the opportunity to disclose that to others, um, in order to move forward to progress. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a collective, as a group, or you know, as humanity. Yeah, it's true. Uh, you, know, you, know, if, you
1: know, if if. If I had to put, you know, describe myself um, with one word, I'd probably, even though I like directing and things, that, I, I'd probably say producer because okay. one of the things that I seem to um, seems to fall into place for me is when you get a chance to hear all the different stories of individuals and you get to recognize those gems, as I was talking about, um, and then you start to piece it together. You start to go. Wait a minute. This person, if this person worked with this person on their project and their need, um, where could it go? Yep. And so, I've had tremendous experiences just bringing people together, mm-hmm. and as and that's what a producer does. You know, it brings great talents together yeah. to produce something. And sometimes it's interesting is that. You don't really necessarily know what the end result is going to be. Yeah. You just know it's going to be something great. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: I, I consider it's a, you know, a spiritual thing. You know, within your spirit, you feel that the potential is there. Yeah. So why not give it a shot and see what happens? Yep. Regardless of the outcome, at least the attempt was made and um, you were able to initiate or facilitate that. Um, so, yeah. And that you know it allows us to move um, as a society. So it's uh, prosperity. So it's you know progression. And so on and so forth. So it's a, it's a positive thing. At least your intentions are good, and so hopefully the outcome is positive as well. Um, is there anything else you would like to share, or at least I would like to. At least have a message for the youth of tomorrow, if you was able to speak to your younger self, you know what type of advice would you give for someone who is looking to pursue a business venture is looking to pursue you know entrepreneurship, that journey, that lifestyle um, you know what what would be a couple of words or gems you would like to share with them?
1: Well, you know, one, one critical piece is this. I, I told you in the beginning that um, I had this love for, um, for the sciences, for business, and for the arts. And when I had a decision to make when I was going into college as to what direction to go,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I narrowed it down to two. Uh, I narrowed it to engineering, I went in as an electrical engineer, came out as a finance major. (laughs) Um, Interesting. Yeah, it was actually, uh, I figured that out very quickly, you know, I I loved engineering, but I didn't love it enough Uh that it was a passion, and uh, a person I met, Sin Tran, who his family had had escaped Vietnam before the war, Um, he was my next door neighbor. And I saw, and he was in that same field, and I, I saw his passion and his love for it. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, you know, I like it, but I just don't love it that way. Yeah. And, um, and so, but, but what yeah. I, it took me many years to realize was that I didn't even have my number one passion on the table because I had taken it off the table. And because I had looked at them as three equals. Okay. And, and then I was going the practical route so I had taken the arts off the table. And so when I got out of college, I found myself getting back involved in theater and doing other projects. Um, and again, I think you know, God has blessed me with you know, having many individuals cross my path. And um, when I was doing some theater at Brown University after, um, after college. I wasn't attending Brown, but I was doing some community theater there. Okay. I met a gentleman, uh, Nilo Cruz. And Nilo um, was just, he was originally from Cuba okay. um, and was learning uh, or, or studying playwriting. And I was involved in the first stage reading of his first work that he did. And it was called Dancing on Her Knees, uh, Dancing on Her Knees. Okay. And uh, we did it as, as stage reading. And it was just, uh, you know, you, you developed some camaraderie between some of the actors and, yeah, and yeah. Uh, others. So Nilo was one of those individuals that was there. Uh, another, um, Rhonda Ross. Um, Rhonda was extremely humble. Uh, she was at Brown University. And unless you actually asked her, you know, she didn't really come out and say, yeah, I'm Diana Ross's daughter. You know, but she. Um, you know, she was very humble, she was into jazz and things of that nature. So okay. she had asked me to be in a play um, uh, that she uh, was directing piano lesson. Okay. And, um, and there were several other stories that I could. Imagine. but oh, when, also when I came out of college, uh, friends of mine from the New York City area had told me about uh, this artist in, in New York City. and at the time, you know, it wasn't like you uploaded your your MP three and like you know to SoundCloud and people are like checking you out and saying, yeah, this is cool. Yeah. You know, you actually, if you were a singer, composer, artist, you tried to get a record deal, mm-hmm. and you would do a showcase, and that was a live performance, and you had to rent out the space, and there was a club called CBGB, where uh, the Talking Heads had gotten um, had gotten discovered, and so Everett Bradley was the individual. And uh, my friends had told me about, and so I was living at home at the time when I first got out of college, and you know, so I had some money and things, and went out and checked them out. And and Everett's music was very interesting. I mean, it wasn't like much of what I had heard, um, but it really, you know, it I had it piqued my curiosity and stuff. So I said, yeah, you know, I'll you know fund the. Uh, from the showcase, I didn't get a chance to go there because I was actually working that day. But um, it was in New York City, and Everett. Uh, over time, I lost time with everybody, and you know. Later on, I started checking into when I started getting back into film and realizing that you know the, the arts are where I want to be. I, I I looked up uh, Nilo Cruz, and Nilo had gone on to um, write a. Uh, play that went to Broadway wow. that won a Pulitzer Prize wow, that's um, nice. <laughs> You know you had ever Bradley had gone on to he um, was director of a uh, theater in New York uh, he had um, gotten recognition for a contribution on a musical that nice. was uh, That was doing uh, had done well in New York City and also um, at the time I believe he was the uh, the music director for then a show that was on TV, the, the Meredith uh, Vieira show. He was the musical director and stuff. So he had some individuals that had gone on and done some great things. And, and over time it was like, you know, you get a chance to have conversations and, and be there at the beginning. Yeah. And,
0: yeah. Uh, that's
1: cool. So for a youth, I say this. Um, I love it when I'm talking to someone and you get a chance to see because I've been there at the early stages of others and you start to see where, Uh you know, it is possible. That's why I love your writing, man. Keep writing. (laughs) Keep writing because it's going to take you many places. But what I would say is this, is go with your passion. Mm -hmm. Don't play it safe. Go with your passion. You know, um, I believe strongly that if you follow your passion, the money will follow. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, you'll be happy along the way. Mm -hmm. You'll you'll just be, um, it will fulfill you. I have managed to, over time, really be in that space because I always played in that arena. I had my business, I was working on that. That's where the money was coming from. But I was always filling it with coffees, talking to people, helping <laughs> yeah, them go in different directions yeah, yeah. and stuff, telling stories, discovering stories, um, doing film film projects, things of that nature. And um, so I, I, I found through just... I, I was in that space, I was, I was filling myself. Yeah. Um, you know, without understanding truly that, uh, that that's, that's the direction that had always been intended. But here's what I also say too, is that, uh, and it goes to what you said, about when you said you wish you had known about Urban Ventures years ago. I'm telling you. <laughs> I think you're properly positioned to be where you are in that moment. And everything that you have done before, has prepared you for this moment mm-hmm. so no regrets don't uh, you yeah, know yeah, yeah. think about it in terms of um it has provided you with a really solid foundation for the true. next leg of your journey
0: true true it's, yeah. it's definitely a lot of lessons learned through throughout that period of time prior to me and urban ventures and yeah no regrets yeah it, it's, it's part of the uh learning experience as an entrepreneur I even just just as an individual, as a human. So, yeah. Um, I think we, we covered a lot of territory and this was a, a great conversation. It was, you know, it was, it was bigger than an interview. We were able to converse and, and share our thoughts. And um, it was a pleasure. I'm thankful for this opportunity. And um, if you have any last words, feel free.
1: No, definitely. I, I, I thank you for the time, and and I look forward to listening to more of your your podcasts. and And I know you have some uh, great great things planned for it. Oh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, many blessings.
0: All right, cool. All right, till we meet again. Stay blessed. Stay strong. Peace be unto you. Later.